Friendly Neighborhood Wonder Woman podcast, The Lasso Pod. Uh, I'm Maya, and as always, Mike is here with me. Hello! And today we are going to be discussing Leigh Bardugo's um, Wonder Woman Warbringer, the first of the DC Icon series, which is a series of young adult books featuring our favorite superheroes. (laughs) This series, it's pretty cool. It's like designed to... It's designed to kind of give you, like, to show us these these heroes before they became who they are as we know them in the comics. And it's a pretty stellar lineup. We have, um, so we have some great uh, YA authors who are going to be writing them. Uh, the Batman one is going to be written by Marie Lu, who wrote um, the Legend series and the Young Elite series. Uh, Catwoman is going to be written by Sarah J. Moss, uh, who did the Throne of Glass series. And Superman is going to be written by Matt De La Pena, who uh, writes the Infinity Ring series and a great book called um, Mexican White Boy was, I think, his debut. It was one of his earlier works. But starting off with the best, of course, uh, we have <laughs> yep. we have Wonder Woman Warbringer. Uh, so this book is Diana as a teenager on Themyscira who witnesses a shipwreck. And because she's Diana, she makes the decision to go and rescue the person she sees in the water. And it turns out to be a girl, Aaliyah, who is, well, her presence on the island is causing a couple problems. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, some earthquakes, a plague, kind of not great. And... Diana goes to the Oracle for help and discovers that Aaliyah is a warbringer, a descendant of Helen of Troy, who is destined to bring the world into an age of war when she turns 17 or like the Greek New Year when she's 17 or something. Um, yeah, yeah. Unless she can be, yeah. Something that has to coincide with the like the Greek calendar and something with Helen of Troy, yeah. Yeah. So in order to stop that, Diana has to bring her, get her off the island and bring her to the spring where Helen of Troy died and dip her in it. So they end up traveling to man's world and Diana gets to meet Aaliyah's brother Jason, her best friend Nim, and their childhood Theo as they go on a quest, her first quest. Yes, this is, uh, it was, it's... A similar origin story for a lot of the Diana origin stories, except it's sort of flipped on its head. It's got inspiration from other of her origin stories, while there's plenty things that are different that make it unique and a uh, more sort of uh, more of a approachable origin i guess you could say right well yeah and you see a lot of diana's doubts about who she is as an amazon like get really into her head in it and also like so lay said when she was writing it she kind of disliked that diana who is this like massive uh feminist figure like one of the first female superheroes you think of when you think of them and her origin was always so strongly linked to Steve Trevor 
as her motivator. And she is like, well, why does it always have to be a dude? Which I really appreciated. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it's so nice to see a complete, uh, a different, uh, stepping off of that to get a different sort of point of view where Diane is leaving for completely different reasons besides just trying to get him back to man's world. Obviously she's trying to get Aaliyah back, but the uh, sort of the stakes and the, the, uh, the history of why she needs to get Aaliyah back are completely different than what they've ever been for uh, Diana. Yeah. Cause uh, with Aaliyah, the Warbringer is a line and if Aaliyah is dipped into the spring, she completely destroys the line, which means, you know, they because a lot of major events were tied to these Warbringers. Like they they went with World War One, World War Two, obviously, and so it was like, yeah, it, obviously not stopping wars, but yeah, not we learn in the book. We learn in the book that the the line of the Warbringers. I forget uh, the exact. They say the exact year, like from one point to the other, like the exact uh, time period for the the gap in the Warbringers, but it's like something every certain couple decades or something that a actual, like the Warbringer brings down a world war or some sort of huge uh, cataclysm. So Diana learns of this and she makes it her mission to end it once and for all. Yeah, and we learn that there's um, people trying to assassinate the Warbringers before they turn, um, before that date on their 17th year, uh, where they, like, come into their own as the Warbringer, which they were saying, like, one of them was at the, oh, the Cuban Missile Crisis, um, how the Warbringer was assassinated before the missiles could be launched, and that was why... It didn't become, you know. A full-blown nuclear war, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we learn a lot of the sort of history and the, uh, a lot of uh, the Greek uh, mythology is a huge uh, theme throughout the book like that. Yeah, absolutely. Besides that, sort of, that's your sort of overall plot summary of the book uh there are a lot of other things we uh can go into that aren't spoiler worthy so we'll go through the sort of things that aren't spoiler worthy before getting into the the spoiling everything for you uh (laughs) listeners if you haven't uh haven't read the book yet which we should say that came out back on august 29th so so it hasn't been out that long yeah only a couple weeks so but also, um, we've been dying to scream about a few things, so we're self- we're going to be <laughs> yeah. selfish and turn the latter half of the episode into a spoiler zone. <laughs> yeah. So. No. What do you think of how the this origin of Themyscira is? How they portrayed it in here? I like this one. Uh, it's sort of takes uh, some things from the movie. It takes some things from. Uh, certain comic runs and sort of blends them together and creates this uh this Themyscira that is unique to its own where someone becomes an Amazon 
if they uh, make a prayer out to the gods as they're dying. To. Which I've never seen that before. Right, to their personal god. So it doesn't have to be any god that, you know, we would recognize. Uh, So it could be like any sort of uh, worship being. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and in the first few chapters, we see uh, Diana's uh, best friend is, she was from Scotland. Ireland. Like, Ireland? Okay, Ireland. I knew it was Scotland (laughs) or Ireland. Yeah, Maeve. I wasn't sure. Uh, Exactly. Yeah, Maeve. But, like, it's crazy how it's just, she's from Ireland that she just becomes an Amazon. It's such a unique... uh, sort of take on the aspect of the Amazons. Yeah, I love it. And I love that it was created by the Greek goddesses specifically, like Hera and Athena and Aphrodite as a safe haven. Like, so mm-hmm. really is no <laughs> no man involved. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yes. And we have, um, what is Diana's right hand, Tecmessa's, where is she from again? Or not Diana. Um, Sorry, Hippolyta. Uh, Diana <laughs> does not like tech um, at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a... Diana has a rival on the island for, I guess, all the accolades where Diana sort of has the same thing where she's she's Hippolyta's daughter and she gets the, uh, you know, the idea, well, the... The privilege of being a princess while every all the other Amazons are just regular Amazons and the novel actually starts out with a big race where Diana is um, competing in. Right. She wants to, no one thinks she's strong enough, but she's been practicing and she wants to prove that even though she's not battleborn like the rest of them, she's just as much an Amazon. Yeah, exactly. That's one of that's the one of the overarching themes that goes through is that the other Amazons are uh what the book calls battleborn where they become they became Amazons while Diana was just she was uh she's got her regular origin where she's you know, born on Themyscira where she it comes right from Hippolyta. She wasn't uh created in the same way that the other Amazons were through uh, battle themselves. Right. She was gifted by the gods with the, her with the, her Amazon-ness, but she wasn't, um, it wasn't the same. Yeah, exactly. And she, ne- she never had a mortal life, so she doesn't understand, she doesn't understand any fleetingness at all, <laughs> the way that they do. Yeah. After the beginning sort of part of the book that leads up into Diana actually witnessing the uh, boat accident or ship accident, the mystical aspect of the island is sort of the same of a lot of the other uh, depictions of Themyscira where there's a sort of uh, a boundary that separates the uh the man's world from Themyscira and you can actually you can if you cross out into it you can't see back inside so it's a lot of the same sort of the same thing in the uh that we see in the movie where it gives you the that, that mist uh, and, yeah. all that that fog so Diana after she 
she breaks off from the race and she goes to she goes to towards the accident because she's just uh racked with these thoughts that she can't uh let she sees something bad happening and she doesn't want to not do anything about it right it wouldn't be diana <laughs> mhm yeah she doesn't she doesn't believe that you should just stand aside and let something like that happen and not do what you can to help the situation so she ends up uh rescuing Aaliyah and bringing her back to the island where uh all hell breaks loose essentially um amazons are just falling down sick there's tremors there's <laughs> yeah like they say that there's never been they don't get the amazons never they don't get sick so the fact that Aaliyah is on the island and Diana's the only one that knows what happened and she is uh she's like racking in her in her mind what she doesn't know what to do about the situation because she doesn't know if she points out what she did uh if that is what's causing everything that happened on the island or if they would cast her out because she uh you know she left and brought an outsider in she brought this danger to the island in and so that's why she ends up going to consult with the oracle to figure out what uh, what is happening and what she can do about it from there sort of the oracle states that the What's happening on the island is because of Aaliyah and because I'm not. Does the Oracle say that it's because the Oracle knows that she's the Warbringer? Is that why? No, I don't any, exactly remember. Any outsider would would do that, but because she's the Warbringer, oh, okay. it's stronger. It's stronger oh, okay. and more immediate, yep. and she. So the Warbringer was saying. All Diana had to do to stop it was to let her die and people would be like the island would be fine. Go back yeah. to normal. Yeah. But um, because she's the Warbringer, it was going to last longer and there would be more damage than normal. Mm -hmm. And obviously Diana's moral compass. She's not going to just let her die. Right. So. Well, so that's sort of where we get the situation where Diana and Aaliyah end up sneaking off the island uh, without anybody being aware that they even left. So that's a big thing. A <laughs> little bit. <laughs> oh, and they, so Diana has her heartstone, which is, I, it's the ruby in her tiara, right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. That lets her um, travel to where she's thinking of. But she and Aaliyah are holding it. And Aaliyah, who is from New York and just wants to go home, is a little bit stronger at the moment in her desires. Because Diana was like, oh, I'm just going to take mm -hmm. you straight to the spring and we're going to like dunk you and this will be good. I'll be back before anyone knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no. So they're off in Brooklyn. and Yeah, so then... We get to meet... <laughs> all of her friends. So what did you think of what did you think of our new characters? So yeah, this up until this point there was no like once we get to this point is when we get all these uh 
new characters introduced and they are they are quite uh quite different than what anybody uh Diana's used to um especially throughout sort of the whole uh, part where they get to New York and Diana is taking in Man's World for the first time and they're like going on the subway and all these sort of things that Aaliyah is completely um she knows all about them because it's that's where she's from and she's there to sort of walk Diana through it and explain things out and it's sort of the uh same where back in the movie when Diana doesn't recognize all these things in man's world and she sort of looks at them through her lens of being from Themyscira and she's like why are people doing that what is why what's that why are they dressed like that what is what's a cell phone you know yep I mean how would she know uh I like it how uh so when <laughs> so both Aaliyah and Nim call her a supermodel and she's like well What's a supermodel? Do they have powers? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has no idea. And like, they just look at her and she's like six feet tall and jacked. And, and it's like, well, they have the power to compel you to buy stuff. She's like, that doesn't sound like a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't think like all these things in the uh, in New York and the rest of man's world. They're like. Why she just doesn't understand why the the why the people do what they do, especially like when she meets those businessmen on the subway and just straight up owns them. Oh, uh, that was so good. Uh, when oh when she meets Jason and she's like, oh, you're pretty enough, but no, <laughs> I don't find you intimidating, <laughs> and yeah. he just like freezes on wait pretty you think i'm pretty what yeah it's so funny how she just because she doesn't have the the same way of speaking as they all the rest of them do so her sort of word choices aren't the exact they're not what the, the rest of them are expecting um they're not what they're used to so it's sort of uh a lot of the sort of jokes throughout the uh book are at that it's a it's a good one to go with to kind of lighten the mood of things. It, it was I mean very similar to mm-hmm. the movie with it. But yeah, the uh the characters, they the new characters that we get introduced to once they get to New York are they're really good. Um Jason is Aaliyah's brother, older right. brother so who J- we l- Jason and Aaliyah are um they're super rich. Their parents were scientists, and they knew. So, their what is it? Callus is their last name, and they're scientists who started a foundation. And yeah, they're very much rich kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their parents were um, geneticists or something like that, and um, we learned that. Their father was from Greece while their mom was from New Orleans. And so they, Aaliyah and Jason, are both, uh, they're mixed race. So a huge thing throughout the story is 
what the effect that that has on them as as people throughout the uh, throughout the throughout their lives and how they're treated and Which things like that. I I felt that incredibly deeply, especially the part where it's like kind of choosing what side of the family you want to be more like. Like I was just when I was reading it and I was getting mm-hmm. so emotional because I like I understand that feeling very deeply. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it was sort of how Jason ended up sort of taking over the business and Aaliyah didn't really want to have any sort of part in that. She just wanted to she wanted to show that she could uh, be her own and she was strong enough to, uh, you know, go out on her own and lead her own life and not sort of live in the, the shadow of her parents and her brother. Right. Except she also is a genius biologist. <laughs> So yeah, yeah, exactly. Her own life, but also <laughs> still following them, just not in the way in the way that mm-hmm. Jason is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see with Jason that a lot, most of the throughout most of the novel, that most of his sort of character motivations and the the things he does throughout the book are drawn from the fact that. He is the sort of the heir to the to his family's name. He's the one running the company and he feels all that weight on his shoulders. So he makes, you know, he sort of makes the decisions. And even though Aaliyah a lot of the time doesn't agree with him, he's sort of trying to dictate things for her, even though she feels like she can do she can do it on her own. She doesn't need to be under his thumb the entire right. time. He's very much overprotective older brother. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that uh, Aaliyah learn- or has uh, conversations with with Diana about where Diana doesn't understand that why, why he's doing what he's doing, what uh, Jason's doing, because... Diana comes from Themyscira, and uh, she has all the the. She doesn't. Uh, she has her own thoughts of what Aaliyah should be able to do because Aaliyah is a you know a strong, capable woman that she can. She should be able to make her own decisions and do right. things She's on her own. She's very taken aback at the idea that a man would be dictating what she could do and why she would why Aaliyah would even listen to that. But Leah's like, well, I love him. He's my brother, and he wants the best for me, even when I, even if I don't agree with him. <laughs> Something, which is so yeah. like their parents were killed in a car crash when, and um, that that obviously made Jason very protective. Mm-hmm. I believe they were both in the yeah. car as well. And yeah, I think so. Yeah, I remember. I think I remember that part, yeah. But, yeah, so that sort of is the sort of catalyst that put both Jason and Aaliyah on the uh, path that they went on and sort of leads them up to where we are in the in the um, the story itself where they're both living on their own. Well, they live together in 
like a penthouse in New York City while he's running Jason's running the company he's on like the executive board or whatever and Aaliyah goes to school and how she wanted to the reason that she actually got into the boat crash was because she wanted to um go on a summer program right like a summer at sea like biology studying program with you know mm -hmm. and she I think she went without telling she, Jason. She or she she gave him a half truth. She said she was going to somewhere else and then ended up going on to the summer at sea yep. trip. Cause Leah's no one's pushover. Which is <laughs> Yeah. And that is what sort of ends up uh, the uh portion of why Aaliyah ends up on Themyscira. Um, so I think we can't really say too much else without really going into right. the spoilers. Uh, but let's talk um, about Nim and Theo. Nim, who is Aaliyah's, uh, best friend. Uh, they've been, does, do you know how long uh, it says forever, they've been friends? I think, like, they were very Does young. it specify? Yeah, I think they're just from yeah. childhood. Yeah. And Nim is... Nim is amazing. The, she's a like, she's an Indian girl. She's a um, she's a artist, a fashion person. She's very like just enthusiastic and no nonsense. I love her. Yeah, she is just like a powerhouse throughout the uh through the book. She she speaks her mind. She like she does not care what anybody else thinks. She's just when she thinks of something and she wants to do something, she's gonna do it, and she doesn't let <laughs> she doesn't let the other sort of the other characters or the sort of uh, society around make her decisions for her. So she's gonna do uh, whatever she sets out to do, and she's such a strong strong friend for Aaliyah who. Aaliyah doesn't uh, sort of share the same self-confidence that Nim does. Yeah, so they made um, character cards to promote the book using um, the art that Jen Bartel did for the characters, and they used a pull quote for each character, mm -hmm. and for Nim's, it's, it's, it's the people who never learn the word impossible who make history because they're the ones who keep trying, and that just, like, so fully encompasses Nim, like... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's like the perfect quote yeah. to describe her. And also, she's just like blatantly queer, and I love it so much. Like, there's no question. She spends a lot of the book like checking out Diana and be just flirting with ladies, and I love it so much. Like, it. A lot of times, people get coy with yeah, their they queer make, girls. Um... Like, oh, you know, they are, but it like quiet about it or whatever and nim is just like no this is me and this is who i'm gonna be mm -hmm. yeah like the she the a couple parts where she talks about um how she thought like this one one of their classmates was cute and like she wanted she they wanted to go to i don't know i think it was might have been prom or something and like or the, i guess that's sort of at the end of the book but like she ends up um, they end up getting together or something that's like a part of the oh, epilogue, yeah. I guess. 
but yeah, the it's it's definitely put out in the forefront who she is and how she is, and I really I love that aspect of how it, it wasn't yeah. uh, and shy I away also from. I really love that. So I mean, Diana is obviously really beautiful. Like she's always really beautiful in all her iterations, and this book with a group of two guys <laughs> yeah. and two girls. It's almost always the girls who are commenting, like Aaliyah's straight, but she's always, you know, she's like, uh, girls recognize beautiful women. Like, that's just, it's not anything. It's just, it's just literally, it's not, it doesn't have to be sexual or whatever. It's literally just, just, we recognize it. And so, like, I, I feel it. like yeah. it could, it could have, especially if a guy had been writing it, it would have been so easy to have the guy, the two guys in the group always commenting on how beautiful Diana is and make it just a little bit just that reminder that you know she's the girl and she's awesome but also beautiful and with when it's the girls who are saying it it feels like it's just a fact like it's not anything more mm-hmm. than that yeah yeah i definitely agree yeah that was it's it's not anything to do with her character it's just a fact of who she is mhm yeah that was that was definitely one of my favorite uh sort of uh, themes throughout the book is the sort of the uh, the female gaze on a female instead of flipping the script the other way, how it normally yeah. would be, like you were saying. So then we have um, the last uh, friend to join up the group, yeah, which so is Theo. Theo's dad is um, Jason's like advisor. He was his parents' best friend and whatever for... So obviously he ended up spending a lot of time with him and Aaliyah has a big crush on him. It's all very cute. Mm-hmm. The part where uh, they're camping out one night and they take out Diana's lasso and they essentially play, tr- they essentially play truth or dare with the lasso. And um, it comes, you know, the between Aaliyah and Theo, they say that uh Aaliyah has had this huge crush and she's liked Theo since she was like thir- like twelve or thirteen or something. Oh like yeah. That. Nim asked what uh Aaliyah's most embarrassing moment was and she was like, Yeah, I wrote this love letter to Theo and <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, Yeah, it was so Yeah. Yeah, that was uh, funny. Anyway, he's a tech genius, and he's he his dad is very like hard on him, wanting him to be perfect. So he's kind of like got that issue dealing with because he's kind of like I just want to have fun, really. Like I don't want you running my life. Yeah. <laughs> but he's very mm-hmm. sweet. His pull quote yeah, was, um, "It's always cooler to be the villain. You get to wear black all the, t- you get to wear all black and have a lair and brood." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was like the uh the perfect balance uh for the for the group with uh between Jason who was definitely more on the serious side, Nim was uh she was sort of like the backbone of the group where and sort of the she had a lot of comedic parts too and then Thea was literally like Besides being the genius, the perfect uh, comedic relief, he always had like the right yeah. thing to say at the right time. Very quippy. I think that'll do for the characters. Uh, do you have anything else before we just 
go right into the actual um spoil everything. I mean, <laughs> I think I'm good. Obviously, we really liked it. Uh, definitely recommend you check it out if you haven't read it yet and you've gotten this far an hour into our talking about it and we still haven't convinced you like <laughs> yes we yeah. like it um i think i think it's i just i really love that all that all of her friends were people of color like yes exactly. like it's it's there's there's this expectation that you either need to have a perfectly balanced group or it's expected that it'll be like almost all white with one token and that was the other thing I really appreciated is um, with Lee's writing about it is they they were like whole characters, but their race was still part of them, but it wasn't the defining part of them, you know? And a lot of times it's hard to find that mm-hmm. where oh, yeah. it's either like, it'll be like, oh, yes, they're incidentally like, you know, little paper dolls that happen to be brown instead of white, or it'll be like just stereotypes and bat back padding for look at look at how good i am at including these people yeah yeah there's the the seamless way that the story was able to just exist as it was is uh just you know speaks to the the way that lee was able to write like uh, essentially just flawlessly write those characters as you know, as if that those were just that's who they are. That's where they came from. And, you know, that's, it doesn't really make a difference whether that's the fact that uh, that's who they are. That's, yep. that was it. It's, it's a lot like Edda is in the current, um, in the current Wonder Woman run where it's like, there's no denying that she's a black woman, but it's not like the only thing she mm-hmm. is and she's a fully rounded character as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. You're right. So yeah, go buy this book and read it and then you can come back yeah. and listen to the rest <laughs> when you're done. <laughs> uh, all right. So, um, so Jason, what an asshole. Jason! Oh my god! Okay, so so here's the thing about Jason. Obviously you've read this now. Um, or you don't care about spoilers. So yeah. he's so um he's not mm. Okay, you can like edit that out. Okay. So Ali is not yeah. the only person in their family who like benefited well not she didn't benefit at all but who who was an affected yeah. who was affected by uh her parents being the descendants uh or her dad i guess being the descendant yeah, of Helen of Troy right because Jason mm-hmm. has like he has like these hero's blood or something yeah hero's blood he has he's super strong and whatever and he like so they oh what there's a fight on the plane where they're flying to Greece and door rips off and he he is like they think he's dead but actually he grabbed onto the wing of the plane they're like what the fuck how do you do that <laughs> yep but jason yeah, fucking then... jason wants to bring the age of war and is like yeah actually i'm protecting you because i want to be a hero not because i love you or i mean i think he still loves her but it's like it's such a yeah. selfish reason he's like i don't want you to be a yeah, exactly because i want this age of heroes to come so that i'll be remembered forever yeah, he's completely in it for himself 
and this is a huge uh, connection to I I don't know how like this happened that the current comic arc was going on the exact same time that this came out like I don't think I don't know if they have like a story group like Lucasfilm does or they could have planned this out but Jason's motivation is he wants to get Diana's DNA and blood to make his sort of warriors and give them her powers exactly like they wanted to in the comics. Right, like at uh, what was it, twenty five with the doctor who took um who took Diana or twenty six who took Diana's blood and was like, I'm gonna use her blood to cure <laughs> to and that made her super yeah, powerful. Yeah, cure myself. Yeah, which is also what yeah. Jason wanted to use Diana's blood for. And did use her blood for <laughs> yeah. made him super power even yeah. more powerful. Mm-hmm. Oh, I loved that part at the end where um, Diana and Jason fight, and one of the the thing that Jason had he didn't know was that um, when one Amazon it was like an Amazon feels what the other Amazon feels. So whenever uh, that he would get hit by Diana when they were fighting or when he, he would hit Diana oh, yeah. he, he would feel it yeah, too yeah rebounded back on him so he he pretty much like it's that that um gif of DJ Khaled he's like you just played yourself <laughs> right like he just completely like he he just he did it to himself he owned himself which I loved that part like that was the best redemption at the end of the book i was like yes <laughs> so I'm mad. I like Jason. I when they kissed, I thought that was so sweet. So again, if you uh they like take a little break on their trip through Greece to get to the spring and they end up at a waterfall and Diana and Jason have a heart to heart and they share a kiss and I was like, Oh, mm-hmm. she she like found someone who kinda knows what she's dealing with. But no, the fucker. The and- and then the the twist happens, yeah, yeah. That was like the in the sort of the thing with um, Jason is that he knew the history of Aaliyah being the Warbringer, right? So his parents I, had done a bunch of research on it, and we found out yep. that the car crash was actually an assassination attempt on Aaliyah, and um, mm, yep. So he found their research, and so he knew what the Warbringer was, which is kind of why he was like... And he knew what an Amazon was, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's why he... Like, it says at the end, or he says that he knew who Diana was the moment that um, he found her and Aaliyah in New York City after... um, Diana, like, because he came to wherever, like, that they went to, like, a cheap motel to get a room, and uh, he, he, like, found them, and then, like, Diana, like, fights him in the hallway, because she doesn't know if who this is, who this person is trying to come get Aaliyah, so he says that he knew right from then who she was, so he sort of, he was pretty much lying to everybody throughout the entire uh the entire book yep man these these humans and their lies (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh yeah that was that was i legit i i never saw that coming there was because there was a part where 
at in New York City that they go to this like ball or some charity auction or something for the company and we that's when we meet Theo's dad and he is uh he's sort of played off as being so shady where I thought he was the one that was um sort of like in charge of all the things that were happening. Yeah, I and then I thought he might have known, but apparently he didn't. Which, because so throughout the whole trip, they were worried that Theo was the one who was betraying them, and they're like, or maybe just like mm-hmm. your dad is using you to betray them. But yeah, fuck Theo's dad too. He's a dick. Yeah. Like, just love your <laughs> yeah, son. Yeah, Come on, yeah, your son's exactly. super sweet and great. <laughs> yeah. and, I mean, kind of an alcoholic, yeah. but. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. also like when when he was talking to when he meets Diana and he's like, or oh, he's super dismissive of Nim, like just calls her that chubby Indian girl. And it's like Diana's like, I know who mm-hmm. you're talking about. All I know is this really like smart, creative lady. So bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then because then we uh, sort of is such, uh, that part I mentioned earlier where they play truth or dare with the diana's lasso and that is when it comes out that i forget who what was it nim who says that no i don't remember i don't exactly remember who said it but somebody sort of questioned him to see if theo was sort of the one that was behind this all and it sort of uh it breaks the it breaks the uh camaraderie that the group had up until that point yeah. Well, I mean, it, it had already broken because, like, because J- they found out that Jason was super strong using, because Diana brought the lasso out to question Jason mm-hmm. after he, you know, lived falling out mm-hmm. of a plane. Plane, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I guess one of the things that we should say is um, sort of that a result of Aaliyah's uh, powers as the Warbringer, she brought all these all this sort of evil and like yeah strife a lot of like conflict and negativity her friends breaks out around her like she is saying she goes to parties and fights just break out or um yeah neo nim and theo i can't believe i said neo they're not a pairing <laughs> that is neo. not the format two we want in no. our lives um, <laughs> uh, but they are always fighting and she's worried that it's because of her and like her existence creating that strife yeah and then throughout the uh the road trip that they take through greece uh the theo and nim they essentially get taken over by like the evil greek gods like uh phobos and demos and like they try to like crash their car and yeah. all this so stuff. So there's two sets of gods like chasing after them. What is the set that wants Aaliyah to die so that she doesn't bring and the other she she doesn't bring about the age of four and uh, the age of heroes as Jason yep. calls it. Um and there's yeah. the set that <laughs> wants her to live and to I mean, yeah, to, so that they get to they like unleash to... all their chaos on the world. So that's sort of the uh, the climax at the end is when they're getting 
as they get closer and closer to the spring, uh, the gods, like, they just, they manifest and they're actually <laughs> there in the world and they are, while they're trying to get to the spring, they're trying to fight against these gods while then, I don't exactly remember if they, Diana calls on, I don't remember the god that she calls down upon, but they sort of, they are able to get rid of the bad ones, and then that's when Jason takes over, and he's like, okay, uh, yeah, I'm gonna call in everybody from yeah, here. it's like, okay, cool, good job getting her, well, I didn't think you would actually get Ilya this far, but good job keeping her alive, now, now you all gotta die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that that was sort of his whole, his whole uh, modus operandi was just, he was gonna let them bring her all the way to the spring, while you know playing the fool and then he was going to take it over at the end and do what he needed to do with his uh uh army of like super soldiers that he's <laughs> trying to create yep Amazing. and so like especially at the end when he's got like these soldiers and i forget he he knocks out Aaliyah or he gets Aaliyah like in one of his like trucks or whatever and then he sends some of his soldiers to go fight against diana theo and nim and they die like i was like whoa okay where are we going here i i oh my gosh i was so upset when the when theo and nim i did it again okay them, you know, <laughs> not real people, uh, not a ship. Um, but yeah, I was so upset when they died. It was like, no, you can't do this. This is really rude. But it's okay. <laughs> it worked out. <laughs> yeah, I love that. The part where, um, so yeah, so Theo and Nim they get killed by uh, his soldiers, and uh, Jason has like this like scorpion, like half scorpion, half lady that uh diana fights against and the scorpion lady um uh kills diana and diana sort of has her battleborn moment where she in the i don't know if it was like in the underworld or whatever but she goes back to the oracle i think it was it the oracle i don't remember exactly who it was or if it was uh, well the oracle's athena so yeah yeah, she goes back and she talks to, um, talks to either the oracle or the the gods, and they because she ended up um, praying out to them as she died. So that was how she essentially became a full blown Amazon. And they give her the choice to uh, stay a full blown battleborn Amazon or she can go back and try to uh she can give up her immortality and everything and try to go back and um fight for Aaliyah. So she chooses to go back and fight for Aaliyah and revive um Nim and Theo and that is sort of ties back to the beginning of the book where we finally we were we learned that how the amazons became the amazons and we realized that 
even though Diana could have done that, she she knew that uh, she had to complete her mission and what she what she um, the bond that she made with Aaliyah because she made the uh, she professed the Amazon the Amazonian oath to Aaliyah to protect her. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The sisters in battle, sisters in blood. I love, I love how strong Aaliyah and Diana's friendship got over such a short amount of time. Yeah, it was like completely sort of not standoffish at the beginning, but right. suspicious, sort of. And then as we go through throughout the novel, that it just becomes stronger and stronger, and. Aaliyah, or Diana learns from Aaliyah of what it means to have this sort of your own humanity like yeah. that. Uh, and when Aaliyah was fully expecting Diana to kill her so that she wouldn't become the warbringer after they... So when they get to where the spring is, it there's no spring. And so yeah. Aaliyah's like, well, you promised you would kill me if um, if we got to this. And it's like, no, we, we have time. We mm -hmm. can figure this out. Yeah. And because, well, I guess the, why they can't find the spring is because they, um, they misinterpreted the prophecy and the, uh, where they f went to was, uh, Helen of Troy's, what, burial Helen site, of I think. Yeah. Or, burial like site. a monument. But it wasn't where Helen died, which was where Helen. The became the warbringer her last time as um as just helen from sparta and not helen of troy exactly yeah so they they went to the the wrong location and then they when the, that's when they realized that they had to go down to like the spring that was like just down the road and then that's where jason was like okay yeah, now nah, like, we're um, not doing this pass <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh. and then so yeah, then the end, Diana fights Jason. She doesn't kill him, does she? Uh, I think Aaliyah does. Yeah, it's been a while since I read. I finished reading it, so I don't exactly remember if she he, he dies at the end or if he just gets, or if they just leave, leave it open-ended. But, uh... Oh no, I think, I after think he lives. After all that happens. But he has to, like... He has That's to right, the yes. Amazon, have all the Amazons pain on him all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's right, yeah. Aaliyah sort of, um, she says that she's going to, I don't remember if she says that she's going to uh, like get rid of the family business or whatever, but she's not going to let Jason take control of anything like for the rest of his life. Oh my gosh, I found the part. Um, so... Jason's like, you have to kill me. I can't live like this. And Diana's like, you haven't earned an honorable death. Neither a beautiful one nor a quiet one. Live in shame, Jason. Instead, Jason Krellis, un unmourned and unremembered. <laughs> uh, that's, uh, oh, that's stone I love, cold. So I love good. <laughs> and then uh, at the end, once we find, once the sort of the things in Greece wrap up, Diana ends back up in Themyscira. I don't remember if she travels back there or it happens sort of like in her mind, but she, or no, she must've gone back. And then she goes back to where the Oracle is 
and essentially the oracle's like okay yeah you're you're legit so um yeah you can come back and then they learn that everything that happened in what happened in man's world it took like the matter of like 45 minutes in Themyscira and that nobody on Themyscira is going to yeah, know what but happened. She'll know. Yeah. Diana is the only one who will know what happened and she is able to go back and just, obviously she knows what happened, but she can appear as if, you know, she never left the island. None right. of that crazy stuff happened. They'll never know happened. that she brought an outsider uh, in or that she left and came back, which is also not something she's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and the the way, like, because when Diana uh, leaves in the beginning, that she knows that the Hippolyta and her the rest of the council are going to go to the consult the Oracle, finding out what happen- uh, what's happening to the island, and when then at the end, when Diana goes back, she hears uh, Hippolyta and the council like just approaching, uh, just approaching the Oracle. So everything that happened in the book throughout Man's World took uh, happened over the space of time that it took for Hippolyta to walk from the the sort of area that she was on Themyscira to right. consult the Oracle. Which is convenient. <laughs> and I actually, uh, a thing that I remembered is in the beginning of the book, they mention um, a sort of area in Themyscira called, um, I think it's Bana Magdal or something like that. Oh yeah, that's the place where like they're going to race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like that, that that's like the end of the race. Yeah, and that is where the uh Artemis in the DC comics is from because she like Oh, really? from uh yeah, Artemis in like the Red Hood and the Outlaws, she is called Artemis of Bana Magdal. She's an Amazon. Oh, cool. Yeah, I did like I I like it, when I was listening to the audiobook, I was like that sounds familiar and then I was like Oh, no way. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. That's a little uh, cool little um, Easter egg. <laughs> so, yeah, that's um, that was the <laughs> wa- uh, Wonder that Woman Warbringer. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of excited because at the end, Diana's like, I'll miss them. I w- I've, they were worth fighting for. Mm-hmm. And the Oracle says, you'll have the chance to fight for them again. So I really hope we get to see Theo and Aaliyah and Nim again. Because, like, you know, at the end where they were, like, all linking pinkies and just, like, mm-hmm. uh, said the sister in battle, I am the shield and blade to you and friend. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, they can't be gone. They can't never see each other again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was. I, I really hope they're ends up being a sequel yeah i want a tv show <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's too. oh that'd be great. an animated tv show using those jen bartell um character designs oh yeah that'd be which, amazing holy gosh if you haven't seen those I, we've tweeted them a couple times but we'll tweet it again uh, and yeah. um i want to cosplay as nim so badly 
Uh, she like, looks. Uh, she's got the sickest haircut. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She had like, uh, the undercut and then that like sparkly mm-hmm. dress and like that. It's yeah. like snakeskin almost. Oh my gosh, she looks so badass. I love her. Like, and, I and love then how... and she's like, I just I love I love how she's clearly like a full girl. Not like uh, not every. They're not all just like little slips, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, Wonder Woman Warbringer was awesome. Uh. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, we can't recommend it enough. Uh, yeah, you, you will, you, as you read it, you will go through a full range of emotions, that's for sure. Oh my gosh, so many emotions. <laughs> I literally was like, because uh, um, Mike listened to it before I read it, and so I kept texting him like, oh my gosh, Jason's not allowed to be evil, right? Because I kind of like him, and oh my gosh, I have so many feelings about him, she's the best, and it's just... Oh, yep. yeah. Yeah, it was like, once you get to, like, the final third, like, you just don't want to put it down. Yeah, I was I was at a music festival, I like, listening to the, like, headliner, and I was like, no, you know what? I'm going to, like, go over to this corner and finish it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, I got to know like, what it's happens. It's like, it's fine. I, got, I saw, like, 40 minutes of them. I've been here all day. I can, like, I can just finish it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, it's so good. So yeah, yeah, definitely. It's good uh, if you if you like um if you like the characters and you like the um their interactions. I definitely recommend Lay's um uh, Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom duology, which it's also like a kind of group like this doing. Well, it's got it's more heist stuff, but like her character interactions are so top notch. I love them and just the way that she fleshes them out. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to go and get a, a copies of her other works because I definitely liked, uh, definitely love how she wrote um, wrote the characters in uh, the book here for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, don't forget the. Um, so yeah, this was the first one that came out in the uh, DC Icon series. Uh, they picked a. Pick the best one with War uh, with Wonder Woman. Yeah, um, An, oh, excellent way to start. It's actually it's uh, number two on the New York Times bestseller list right now for um, for young adult hardcovers, which is amazing. Uh, it's all the what is oh the hate you give, which is also amazing, and you should definitely read it. Uh, it's <laughs> number one, but yeah, Wonder Woman is number two. I think. Um... We pretty much exhausted everything we could yell about for that. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think we went on for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we loved it. Go get it. Um, <laughs> so you can find us. We are obviously part of the Not Saf Work Podcast Network. Um, you can find us on iTunes on the Not Saf Work Podcast feed, as well as our own feed, The Lasso Podcast. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are under the la- at the Lasso Pod. Um, I think we'll be coming back. Still deciding if we'll do a review of Rebirth Volume Three, or I was thinking we might do uh, Rebirth Issue Number Thirty and coincide that with the Blu-ray release, and we can do. Uh, a review of the bonus features along with that. So, um, yeah, you can look yeah. forward to 
the one of those two episodes coming uh coming up shortly and then we'll have the other one following that whichever whichever one we decide on so absolutely uh if anyone's going to be at geek girl con in a couple weeks i'll be there too should come say hi (laughs) yes uh i think do you still have um pins i do and i was actually going to make some more with our new well not our new but the new ones with our colored logo yeah yeah so yeah if you're going to be at geek girl gone go find um go find maya and you can get your own exclusive uh one of a kind lasso pod uh pin (laughs) (laughs) yes our artist desiree is amazing she did a great job she does awesome work uh what's her twitter handle uh, she is at Shorel, yeah, S H O R E L L E. Yeah, you should definitely go check her out. She does some great stuff. And as always, you can find me at Semi Rose on Twitter and on my blog, Fireby Fights. Yes, and you can find me as usual at Mike underscore Audette. Um, regular other nonsense I'm always plugging for the Star Wars noise. So uh, I think that until we see you again, that will do it for us.